Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to a boxing moment uh, here on RSG. Before I get started, I want to make sure all y'all catch us on RealSportsGuys.com um, and catch all our content. We just uh, dropped a uh, another podcast uh, on our one mic uh, talking about breaking down the NFC east uh preview uh you got to check it out uh, uh we got some interesting takes on what's going to happen in the east um and then we also have a new um podcast that we dropped with the big show um looking at uh what should be the solution for the one and done uh with college basketball but uh tonight you know this is all about uh, uh a boxing moments all about when we talk about boxing and uh this is kind of a special show in the sense that uh we you know we you got my man darnell here uh he's actually out in baltimore uh, for the Javante Davis uh, fight, so he's out there. You know, he's he's out there working them corners. You did you you run into uh, you run into Avon? You run into Brother Muzan out there while he's out in Baltimore? No, I didn't run into any of them. I'm actually not in Baltimore right now. I'm actually at on campus at University of Maryland in the in the dorm right now. But um, you, you, you talked to Josh Jack. You talked to Josh Jackson over there. What's, what's he look like? What's he look, what's he look like? I didn't to him. Actually, I was gonna go to I was gonna go to practice, but I ended up going to the wreck and hooping instead. I just let them because they were gonna do a seven on seven kind of thing. So I was I just went in and hooped and okay. really got out of practice. So um, they, 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 they think them turps are gonna be sneaky. They are gonna have a couple upsets yeah. in them. So they, they think. They, they, okay, it's okay. coming. You know, uh, Mar- we got Maryland, and no team to watch out for is the Miami Hurricanes. But um, but let's get into boxing today, though. It's all about boxing. But I think before we get into uh, talking about the the fight tonight, you know, obviously that we had a loss, and I wanted to give you a little bit of time to like. Uh, I know we talked about it on our other show, but uh, you know, given that this is where we focus on boxing primarily, uh, I wanted to just, like share for the you know for our viewers who who may not know what happened here recently, you know, kind of share death, uh, you know, with Maxim dying at twenty eight years old. Um, you know, maybe talk a little bit about that before we, because my sense is that there'll be a 10-count recognition uh, of him tonight. And so I thought we'd start our show with that. All right. So um, it's, it's a very tough thing, tough pill to swallow for the box community, not only for Maxim Dadashev, because he had his fight, his fight was on national television on, um, that's not on national television, it was on um, ESPN Plus. That. But um, it was on the undercard of Teofimo Lopez and um, um, Tanaka. It was um it was a very it was it was a very sad thing obviously, and um it was um and the scary part about it was that um we knew um it was like an accumulation of punches kind of thing where um there never seemed like there was one specific moment where you said okay this is where you should stop the fight because he stopped the fight and it seemed like it was a good point to stop the fight because. It seemed like he was falling behind the cards, and maybe he needed to knock out some win. And it clearly, he probably wasn't going to get the knockout because he uh, was running out of gas. And the guy was coming forward, just coming on stronger and stronger. It was a it was a wise decision, obviously, to, to stop the fight in, in that point. But before that, 
there wasn't really one moment where you could say, okay, he just landed this big five, six combination, five, six punches um, at one time. But it wasn't like a moment like that where you say, okay, get outside right now. Like there weren't any knockdowns or anything like that. So now that's the really scary part of it. Like what could have been done to prevent this? Like, um, and, but then also, we also had another death um, this week. Uh, I believe his last name was um, Santillian. Mm. And he was, um, he's from Argentina. I didn't get to see the fight at all. I just saw a post um, on Facebook. I saw a video of him in the ring um, after the um, cards were announced. He collapsed in the ring, and I guess he, he passed on later, later mm. on, either the next day or something like that, later on in the week. But um, that's, um, these kind of things, um, it's the unfortunate and the danger side of boxing. And uh, heart, of course, heart and prayers can go out to um, the families of these men that died doing what they love to do and trying to make a, a name for himself in the, in, um, the sport of boxing. Do you have any thoughts on um, that you want to share? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, as we talked about before, you know, in um, boxers taking precautions, you know, um, you know, after the, the death of uh, 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 in the Man City fight, as you, you know, we talked about what it was 15, moving from 15 to 12 rounds. You know, one of the things that I think Max Kellerman always says the difference between boxing and UFC in terms of danger is in UFC, when there's a devastating punch, whatever, it, it's over quickly. Like it's, um, um, and you don't have sustained damage uh, a lot of times. And so, um, you know, you reduce the idea of concussions in the brains. Uh, you know, but sometimes, you know, having someone like a Deontay Wilder uh, hits you might be sometimes better, you know, because you're down and out than having somebody who's a hard puncher, but is not going to knock you out. And, you know, who's going to hit you with solid thuds, but, you know, it's not a one punch knockout artist. And, that, you know, that does damage over, you know, uh, over 12 rounds uh, of a fight. Um, and it, what you hope is your corner can kind of pay attention. Nobody's better than Buddy McGurk in um, you know, when he stepped in, I think everybody thought at the appropriate time because um, he was sensing that there wasn't, you know, that that Max wasn't right. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes there's nothing you can do. It's your time. You know, the unfortunate, you know, he has a young child and a young wife. And, you know, these are this is the tragedy of the game. And it's like one of the things you said a lot, you know, this is where, you know, people get mad at people like Floyd and folks who talk about hit, don't get hit is the key. Um, and, uh, and, you know, people, you know, call him chicken and whatever. When you see something like this, you understand why Floyd approaches the game, but he approaches it. Um, and, um, you know, uh, we keep reinforcing this, this kind of warrior mentality, um, you know, that, you know, the sweet science, we don't talk enough about the sweet science. And so that's, that's the part we want to really capture and, and don't want to be, uh, folks who add to that, you know, in our commentary. And I think we, we spend a little bit more time talk about the sweet science of boxing and, and reinforcing uh reinforcing that. So I'm sure you you're gonna be you're gonna be catching those moments. I think that's gonna be an important moment. Uh it usually happens um, you know, before the main event, uh, when that kind of recognition happens and uh, you know, be sense to kind of get you you are gonna be in the arena and get a kind of a sense of like the reflection of what the, you know how people react in the arena at that moment when those when the they're ringing they're they're ringing that 10 count. Uh, we had some other stuff blow up. You hit me with this text. I was like, man, I just saw Dylan, Dylan White just saw fought last week uh, on uh, on the zone uh, uh, over there where, you know, where I, I call I call the streaming line that you can't find. 
<laughs> like you don't know that fight. You don't you don't know that fights are happening. They, they got like the they, they got the best fights never seen uh over there in the zone. But um uh you know, he's trying to make his run, he's doing his thing, and then he gets hit with PEDs. Um kind of break down with what happened with the, our listeners who may not be able to catch that story. Now this fight. is one of the most ridiculous, <laughs> one of the most scandalous things I've ever heard. The very next day after the unfortunate, um, uh, the very next day after the unfortunate um, brain injury that was suffered to um, uh, Maxine Gattachev, because uh, they fought Friday, and then Dillian Whiteman fought the next day on Saturday. And um, apparently he tests positive for, um, UCAS, he tests positive for UCAS test for um, uh, deep ball, which is an anabolic steroid, right? And they let him fight. And not only do they let him fight, they notify him, they notify his promoter that um, each had tested the father for um, anabolic steroids. But they did not, um, but to the knowledge of the um, promoter of Oscar Rivas, they didn't notify him that his opponent tested positive for steroids. So that is, that is the most scandalous, dangerous thing. And not only, and other than that. Wow. It gets worse. It gets worse. You know how in, in boxing, before you, uh, before you get to the ring, before you, when you get to the arena, um, you have the two. You have two pair of gloves, right? You um, that are um, you have two pair of gloves that are approved by the um, athletic commission. That okay, these these gloves fit the standards. You know what I'm saying? They're up to code. And the other um, team is usually present, like the other coaches and stuff like that, are usually present to to test out the gloves and see. Okay, there's padding in these gloves. Okay. This is a, a, a correct amount of weight and stuff, something like that. So Dillian White had two um, two gloves tested, right? They he shows up on fight night with a different, completely different set of gloves, and they did not allow the uh, Reeves's team to um, to um, inspect the gloves. So just new two new gloves that were not um, in- inspected at all <laughs> that he gets to put on and wear, and. Um, yeah, it was it was a crazy situation. Um, Dillian White did end up winning the fight. Um, he he did get knocked down actually by Oscar Rivas, but um, he ended up winning the fight in a in a. I think the fight was a, a little closer than the scorecards kind of led on, but um, he did end up winning the fight. But the circumstances the circumstances um, surrounding the fight are i'm like eddie eddie man what you doing over there like what, what are you doing man like like what y'all running over there uk now 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 you want to do the rematch over the uk you want to do that no oh, you, saw, you saw andrew we said on twitter no, with, uh, yeah with andy yeah, yeah andy like i ain't trying yeah. to come over there i ain't going over there that's a setup <laughs> oh my goodness, so, boy! Um, you're talking about um, what's, what's up with these heavyweights and steroids, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm the drugs. Do you know that both um, Dylan White and Darrell Miller are both represented by Eddie Hearn? Mm. So I don't, I don't necessarily think you could point the finger directly at Eddie Hearn because he is a promoter, but. What's going on over there? Like, like people talk about being on the wrong side of the street. That's the wrong side of the street. You know, it's like, like what are y'all doing over there oh. in the street? My goodness. And, and, and think about it. These are two powerful guys. Like, what else do you need? 
Like, it's like, it, you know, I'm like, what's the purpose of it? Like, were you recovering from an injury? What was going on? Because these are, these are two powerful guys. And it's like, you don't really need that, you know, just, just box, you know, you already got size. And so it's like, why add this extra layer onto, um, as a, as a boxer, um, you know, knocking people, I was a lot about timing and positioning angles anyway, you know, in addition to power. So it's like, you know, why, why, why put yourself in jeopardy on something like this, um, and take away the momentum and time when you can be making this big money. So that stuff is crazy. We'll keep an eye on it. You know, you know, like I told you, I was like the boxing, um, the heavyweight division is gaining on so much momentum and so much energy. The last thing they need is these kind of things, disruptive fights. You don't need that. They got there's enough opportunity out there for a whole bunch of guys to really be able to get into the game, and and and, and they got to clean that up, you know. And and Eddie trying to hustle and you know try to create that, that his uh, you know his his American base, USA base uh, establishment trying to get in by anything by any means necessary. Uh, but you know we can't you can't um, detract from the game. It's not like this doesn't happen in UFC. UFC just had some major stuff happen all the time. But that, but that makes that make in that space that makes a little bit more sense because of the nature of the of the of the martial arts in in the multiple ways people are coming at you. When you a heavyweight, most of y'all got power. You know, you just put your paws on them; they going down. Like, why do you need this other extra stuff uh, on your training? You just get out there and do your thing. So we'll keep an eye on it. But as we transition, well, that, begs the, that begs the um, a huge question that I have to ask. Yeah. Yes. Uh, with um the recent tragedies going on and these um and these positive tests and people testing positive for um, performance for performance enhancing drugs, do you think this begs for um more stringent and more strict um punishment as far as when these guys are testing positive? Like um, it seems like the the punishment for these guys are not enough. Like um, you got guys like. Canelo Alvarez, he um, he he didn't. What he tested for wasn't an anabolic steroid, like but, um, he did test positive for 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 PED and clenbuterol. So and his what was his punishment? His punishment was okay, six months off. He only fights twice a year, so that's not much of a punishment. So he's gonna make that up anyway. So he didn't fight in May. Okay, I'm gonna fight in September, and I'll make up my May date by fighting in December. So he didn't really miss out on anything. So he's like, you know what? So other guys are like, you know what? Uh, he didn't really get slapped that hard with the punishment. So maybe I can afford to do it as well. So that's like something that I would look forward to is seeing what the punishment is going forward. Yeah, and I think one of the challenges you have in boxing that you don't have in other sports is that um, you have all these multiple layers. So you have all these different you, – you have the alphabet associations. Uh, then you have uh, you, you have regulation by state, you know, so there's no oversight um, anywhere to bring this down. So like UFC, Dana White and them are judge and jury. They can they can set it and push it up. You know, people don't like the NFL. There's a way that they're, they're judge and jury, the leagues. But in boxing, they liked it that way because it's easier for the promoters to make money. Um, they can look the other way. There's so much of a corruption because. Um, there's no unifying um, uh, organizational entity that can react to that. And so, and if one of them takes a, a really strong position like that, then that might hurt their ability to create fights and do everything else. So there's no incentive right now um, unless people just start, stop consuming. 
uh, for them to kind of come together and try to figure that out. And so that's the challenge, you know. So in boxing, it's 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 the fighters like Floyd and them who got leverage. We say, I'm not fighting you unless you do this. You know, that's right. the way they hold people accountable. Is that these stars who got it hold you accountable to doing it if you want the big money with me? That's the way it's been regulated in boxing. And then people get mad at people like Floyd and them because he's doing it, but he's trying to make sure people fight clean. He's not trying to get stuck. And then he's trying to fight in space where he knows he can control some of those things. I'm going to do it in Vegas, so I know I'm not going to get duped. You know, he's already been duped. He's already duped as an amateur. He's not trying to get duped again. So unless you got that kind of control, it's hard. You know, so it's, it's, the, it's, it's those, those uh, elite boxers who have that mindset who actually are the de facto first. Because if you want the money, if you want to come to the paper, you got to do it the way I want you. Yeah. So that's the, that's the challenge right now in boxing. But we'll see, I think. You know, again, you know, these things keep coming. The one thing they're trying to stay away from is congressional hearings. Uh, with John McCain passing away, who was someone who was an avid boxer fan, I don't know who's in Congress who pays enough attention to it. John McCain was one person who did pay attention to it uh, as an avid boxer. So he's the one, when things really got hot, who kind of threatened some yeah. type of congressional intervention. I'm, I'm not sure if we have those kind of people right now in Congress who are paying enough attention to this to say, you know, we, we need to do something. Yeah, and that's a scary thing for the future because you think you think um like we see deaths and things and um you it's not too far in the past where um mixed martial arts was a was um a not a sanctioned event in the in the state of New York. Like that's right. I think it was just like five five to ten years ago where um, that's right he could not hold um mat events in New York. So you could see like if there are more dangerous, um, like um, situations like what has occurred, like there's more deaths, to, and say, what if it happens on a national stage? Like, say, if it happens again on like ESPN, God forbid, it happens on Fox or happens in the paper movement, like that might that might spark the um, spark a movement in like Congress where they can say, you know what, maybe the state of New York or maybe the state of Georgia, and then it might spread. Like, you know, so maybe boxing might not be you know, permissible in these um, states. Yeah. And, and the other potential driver you just mentioned, because of the way that boxing is being consumed now, who could actually change this are entities like ESP and the Fox, these established entities who can't afford to have bad press like this. And the amount of money they spend on it could force boxing and boxing. They, in some ways, they could become the de facto oversight because uh who they are and they're very concerned about their image in ways that when you were setting up fights before and those relationships with the arenas and things like that, that became the driving part where the promoter was kind of the center. When you bring in partners like Fox and ESPN, that becomes a whole nother kind of entity. So in some ways they could be the de facto because they, they laying out the money and they create this, this streaming platform that's creating a lot more revenue and Therefore, they, you know, they, they do dictate, you know, like they do. They, they try to dictate, they dictate Thursday night games in football, right? They dictate, you know, Christmas Day games in basketball. Like these networks, when they start putting money down, they, 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 there's certain things they know that's good for television. And, and that might be another way that you start to see those kind of controls come in because it's pressure from TV execs who want to see that kind of stuff for the long term of the game and their investment. So it's going to be interesting to watch that. Uh, before we move on to the main event and to the fight tonight, uh, we wanted to close the chapter on, obviously, on the Pacquiao and Keith Thurman fight. Um, 
was an incredible thing. You know, both you and I thought, you know, hey, you know, when you put two fighters who are skill level, high skill level, you go with the young dog. I think that's kind of how everybody uh, did until until uh, Pacquiao got in there doing the Ali shuffle on him. And, and just, you know, just like pace and control from the uh, beginning of the fight. Um, I think I had it 115, 113 Pacquiao um, at the end. I thought Keith had some really decent rounds, but I think Keith did not. Keith did not, unlike the one thing he could learn from Mayweather. Huh? You mean 115, 112? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's, uh, so you, you, when you look at that fight, you know, what was your kind of thoughts on that fight? And then the second part of that is, you know, what what's the next step for both these fighters? If you were advising, what would be the next step you advise for both these fighters? So my, to- my takeaway from this fight is, Manny Pacquiao in the first um, the first half of the fight, he looked he looked really good. He looked um, um he looked young. <laughs> he, he I know he was forty years old, but he was moving. He was moving. He looked, he looked he was twenty eight. <laughs> Hit him with the James Brown. I feel good. And then he did the he did the Ali shuffle. I was like, this might be a long night. He feeling I'm, good. My pick, but um, yeah, uh, he. Keith Thurman, I thought he'll be able to catch uh, Manny Pacquiao coming in if he was fighting on the back foot because he's usually an outside fighter that moves in and Pacquiao uh, usually bucks in. So, but there's two things that I saw in this fight. Well, more than two, but two things I'm going to get into right now. But um, Pacquiao was obviously way too fast coming in where um, Thurman wasn't able to time him. But um, so that really took away that part of the game plan, fighting on the outside and stuff like that. And um, his power is still there. The power, like they say in boxing, is power is the last thing to go. But the knockdown, actually, I think it was more of a balanced knockdown because he was running, because he was um, backing away and he squared up and he kind of like squared. He was off balance when he got hit with the punch. But, um, um, that leads into the most important part of the fight um, to me, that is, because um, Keith Thurman, he was getting off. He was landing a lot of clean shots. Um, but I think where he lost the fight, in my opinion, Keith Thurman lost the fight because he doesn't have a – he doesn't have a poker face. Um, he, um, he's a guy, when he gets hit, when he gets hit clean, he gets hit good, and he gets hurt, he the guy that he, he got to get out of there. I can't. Uh, I know it's um, it's different being inside the ring than you know what I'm saying than watching it on TV because I know them shots hurt too. But um, that's the um, important thing in the sport because you, you see um the way that when Pacquiao would get hit, Pacquiao would be like ah, and you you get mad, smack his gloves together, you know what I'm saying, and let's go. But when Keith Thurman gets hit, he's gonna sprint around the ring. You know what I'm saying, and that that gives a bad um, that gives like a bad impression on the judges. They're saying like, okay, that punch was effective. You know, what I'm saying? this is effective. So um, if when you look at like, I know punch stats are not something you can necessarily go off of all the time in boxing, but they kind of bring your attention to okay, maybe he was, he, maybe Keith Thurman really is landing punches. So the next round you look at it. And Keith Thurman landing a lot of punches. Like when he's when he's fighting on the front foot, backing uh, Manny Pacquiao up, he he can hold him in place with a jab and land a couple. Of 
But and the thing is, I think Keith Thurman, he's so wired. Like, he, um, he's been fighting in that outside fire style, you know, fighting on the outside style for so long that he he's programmed to do that. So, like, when he's fighting, when he has success on the outside, we have success on the inside. He can't help but to back up and, you know what I'm saying, back up. And he was doing that. Like, he was he was having success fighting on the inside, back and back in. Yeah. Yeah, after land two or three punches, he'll just back, he'll just retreat. Yeah. He get he get him up on he get him up on the ropes, have him going, and then he just back out rather than staying right in there and punishing him. I mean, you hit the right like he 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 got so uncomfortable in there, and he took a body shot. He took a devastating body shot where he he oh, showed yeah. you, uh, and, and uh, that late in the fight, I think that's what sealed the deal. I think that, right. Yeah, exactly. That that's the thing that um that that sealed the fight with Pacquiao, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. on my scorecard. I don't score fights, you know, I don't score fights on um, the first time I watch them, but um, I usually watch fights a couple, two or three times and then really get, like, a, get a um, feel of, like, uh, what was going on in the fight. But um, I had it 14-13, um, six mm-hmm. rounds of six. Um, Thurman got knocked out in the first round. That was different in the fight. But um, right there, he was coming on strong. Keith Thurman had won a good um, two, three rounds in a row. Yeah. And he rebounded after the tenth round. He, he, in my opinion, he he won at least one of the two of the last two rounds. Yeah. But um, those moments can swing around the other way. He might be winning those um, fifteen to um, ten to fifteen second stretches of the round, but then you get hit, hit with a punch and you retreat, and that tells the judges that can that event can um, sway the judges' opinion, saying, okay. Um, I'm gonna give that round to Pacquiao because you know he landed a significant um, strike. Well, we 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 uh you know uh, uh you know we definitely uh, know that both these fighters are gonna have some uh, fights. You know, it was a great fight. Um, you know, even though Thurman lost, one of the things I said that I think he could learn from that fight, like Canelo learned from when he lost to Mayweather. Um, I know Doug Fisher said, you know. Uh, you know, Thurman's a little bit older than uh, Canelo was, but if you take the two years that he was off, which, you know, basically from 28 to 30, um, you know, he's right in that same range when you think about his boxing years where he took two years off, he's just now getting back in. There's something he can learn from this fight that could be kind of push him um, moving forward. And so I think there's an opportunity that when, you, when you're thinking about um, like Thurman's next step, you know, what would you reckon if you're advising him, what, 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 how would you expect it? him to really start to get himself back on track. All right, so how old is Keith Thurman? Because um, 30, uh, 30. Well, because when Canelo fought Floyd Mayweather, he was 23, even though he did have a lot of a pro yeah, He had like, well, by that time, he had like 40 yeah, fights. Yeah, 43 <laughs> professional fights when he fought um, Floyd Mayweather. But um, yeah. Keith Thurman, he's, he's 30 years old. Um, he isn't necessarily in the younger stage of his career, but like you said, he can learn because everybody can learn. But um, – I don't know where he, I don't know where he can. Um, Do you think he's outgrown his trainer? I know he's been with them, you know, ever since his, you know, his other trainer uh, died, and this trainer was uh, like the second to his other trainer, and he kind of stayed with him. But do you think at this point Keith needs to um, get get a? He just needs another voice. Do you think you know? Um, I don't you know. know, you know had, I don't know how much longer Keith has in the game because the guy. That he, um, the impression he has on me is, um, 
I don't know if he's the guy that's going to fight until he's 38, 39 years old. Yeah, yeah he's, cause he's, he's, got, he's got a bright future after boxing. Yeah, I think he, he's a guy that's going to be content to, um, especially because he takes like long layoffs and stuff like that. He, um, he, he's the guy that he is going to have a life outside of boxing. So, like, I think he's going to fight for like a, a good two, three more years, and then he's going to transition to the, to the um, broadcasting booth, in my opinion. So, um, that leaves the question of who does he want to fight next. Um, I think he'll probably go and fight Danny Garcia maybe in a rematch. Maybe he might fight. Um, he he's gonna need to have some fights um, coming back up, especially if he's not gonna take a rematch with Manny Pacquiao. Uh, he might fight Garcia again. He might fight Porter again. Maybe he might step up and fight Spencer Crawford. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that will be in the future. Yeah, it's not going to be this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And maybe he might move up to 154 for a fight or two, and then I think he's going to be out the game. But um, for Eddie Pacquiao, um, uh, him being the champion, it's a good thing for boxing. But the same thing, it had the same thing. It could stagnate the sport of boxing because we don't know necessarily what it's going to do. Like, it's mm-hmm. boxing because it gives more eyes in the sport. So, yeah. like, um, you get the guys like, even though I hate them, Skip Bayless. <laughs> you got you got guys like Skip Bayless, Colin Cowherd, you know, um, Stephen A. Smith. They're talking about boxing, so that's that's a that's a good positive thing for the sport. But at the same time, I don't think he's necessarily going to fight Spence. I know he's not going to fight Crawford, but uh, um. The good thing about that is he's he's going to be at the end of his road pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to fight two or three more times, and then he's going to be out the game as well. Mm-hmm. But um, if but he might end up fighting Spence. Actually, now to think about it, he might um, end up fighting like a guy like Amir Khan. Because you look at Amir Khan, mm-hmm. he um, he fought um, he just fought a couple weeks ago. He fought Billy. He fought the. This is the most cherry picking fight I've ever seen. <laughs> he fought a guy named Billy Did, which well, a lot of hardcore fans don't know who he is, but he's a he fights at 130, right? He fought and he last fought t- um Kevin Farmer at Featherweight, and then his next fight was Amir Khan at Welterweight out of Saudi Arabia, and out of Saudi Arabia. Uh, whatever, but Saudi Arabia. <laughs> there you go. You got it right, man. I you over in Baltimore. You hanging too much. You hanging out too much with them turps. Oh yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> it's been a fun time. But yeah, um, he fought a he fought a Miracon out there, and Miracon got seven million dollars out there wow. for the featherweight. So that is intriguing because he because um uh, Matty Packer can always say, you know what. I'll come out here for thirty million dollars. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He'll fight him. him and that's gonna be a cherry pick for him. You know, he's gonna knock him out. <laughs> he can then he can turn around and fight Errol Spence in, in at Cowboy Stadium. And you know how much you know how what kind of ticket sales are gonna do in Dallas yeah. Cowboys Manny Pacquiao versus Earl Spence Jr. In Jerry World, that pay per view is gonna be crazy. Er- you know, Earl Spence. Yeah. Earl Spence Earl, Earl Spence gonna drive up like Jalen Ramsey in the Brinks truck. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, try to get, try to grab his money on the way out. <laughs> yep. Then if you win the game, if you win if you win the fight, you ride off in the sunset. If you lose the fight, hey, I pass the torch. 
and I'm going to um, hang, hang up the gloves. But I think that would be a good route for Manny Pacquiao. That would be a good one. Well, all right. You listen to RSG, um, uh, a boxing moment. I'm here with my man, Darnell Kirkley. Now, this is D. Wills. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm broadcasting live from outside of uh, Rock Vegas, Rockville, Illinois, home of NBA champion Fred Van Fleet. And my man Darnell, he is outside of Baltimore, Maryland, but he will be in Baltimore tonight for Javante Davis, who will be fighting in front of his home crowd uh, in a fight. And uh, I want, first of all, I want you to uh, kind of first break down some of the highlights with the undercard before we get to the main event. Oh, yeah. So the big bummer, I just found this out today. My guy, Richardson Hitchens, his fight has been canceled. Yeah, I saw that. I was that. like, oh, my goodness, man. I was waiting on see. I was I was excited to see Richard Hitchens fighting in person. But um, also we have um, Memphis Miller. He's fighting. Um, he's a, another um, guy out of the Mayweather gym. He's not necessarily a guy that's been acclaimed. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's not a big name in the sport. But he can fight. He's a southpaw. He fights at um, 135. He's pretty good. And you also have um, – and he fought in Jezreel Corrales. And um, the other fight is um, Uriel Gamboa. He's a big man, guys. From, yeah. he's, a, he's a Cuban. He's very short. He, hits, he can hit hard. He Many uh, will, will remember him for his days at top rank when he was – not top rank. When he was on HBO fighting for um, uh, Rock Nation. <laughs> yeah, he was um, – and that fight against Terrence Crawford. Yeah, he fought against oh, Terrence Crawford. Yeah, he fought against fight. Terrence Crawford. A lot of people remember that. And a lot of people remember um, the fight that never was between him and Juan Lopez. That, that, um, that's fire. So um, he's going to be on the undercard as well. But at the main event, we got Javante Tank Davis making his homecoming. He's going to be fighting. Um, it's mandatory. And I predict he's going to get a very – very early stoppage. Two, three rounds, in my All opinion. Right. So but, I have a chance to go see Max Holloway fight after that then, right? Yeah, I got enough time. I, yeah, I got yeah, enough yeah, chance yeah. to watch that and Max's fight. Okay, good, good, good. But don't, don't blink. You might miss it. You don't <laughs> blink. But the crazy thing, we mentioned him earlier. I just mentioned him earlier. Seven Farmer, this fight we're forgetting about. Mm. He's fighting on the zone in Philly, another hometown fight. Mm. But... Once again, just like Tank Davis, he's not fighting nobody that we've heard of. Mm-hmm. He's not fighting no big. Uh, he's not fighting a, a fighter to, to his level of competition, in my opinion. So um, I don't understand why they didn't just fight each other. Yeah. But you know what? That's just boxing for you. But um, uh, that's a fight we can see in the future. But actually, what I saw is one thing I want to touch on. It's because um, Leo Santa Cruz, because um, because Canelo Alvarez, like we saw, um, he said he's not going to be fighting on that September 14th because he had trouble finding an opponent. <laughs> that's a, that, this that's some that's a topic for another day, but this ties into what we're talking about today because um, Leo Santa Cruz said he'll gladly take the um, Mexican Independence Day, the Mexican Independence Weekend. To fight Javante Davis, he wants to fight Javante Davis on Mexican Independence Day, and Javante mm. Davis said, "I'm down for it." And mm. the drawback um, from people talking speculation is saying maybe um, PBC is not going to let Davis fight on such a quick turnaround because he's fighting in July today, 
and they're gonna fight again for the second week of September. But um, I don't know because it depends on what happens tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna take a whole tonight at all. And it seems like Tank is gonna be down for it. So if Tank get, does get that second round knockout, third round knockout, we might be able to see that fight on September 14th. Mm-hmm. That's something to stay tuned for. I'm, I really wanna see that fight. What do you think? What do you think was going to happen if, if they lock horns? You know, it's going to be a it's going to be a lot of uh, it's going to be busy. I think um, Santa Cruz just has to watch. I mean, one of the things about Tank is he can be explosive and um, has the ability to like get you in between punches. And so, um, you know, it's going to be a high skill. You know, you you don't have to look for the action, um, but um, one of the things going to be interesting to see how Tank uses his strength, right, to control space and control distance. And then, and, and then you got to watch some explosive moments because Santa Cruz will, like, trade. He'll get busy. He'll be throwing. But that's where that counterpunch, Tank can, tank can catch you. Uh, uppercuts, I mean, he hits you with some. Um, and so you think about who can be more explosive. I think Tank, I feel like Tank can be, like, explosive in those moments. Um, but it could be a great fight. I, you know, it could obviously could go to the cards. Um, you know, the thing about Tank is that he's got to be busy with him early. Um, you know, those are the kind of fights you can't give up first and second rounds because if it does go to the card, you, you don't want to be playing catch up. And so, uh, but it's it's a fight that's worth seeing. We might have to try to yeah. see if we can get in the building. Yeah, because Leo Santa Cruz, in my opinion, he's gonna have to box. He showed yeah. in the um Carl Franklin fight, he can he can fight behind his jab and box because that's one thing we haven't seen Javante Davis necessarily go against. Yeah, in my opinion. Javante Davis would probably win that win winning that style as well because um, one thing he doesn't get really any much credit for, even because you know he didn't go to Olympics or anything like that. Yeah. He had a very um, polished amateur record. He he yeah. has um, a record of two hundred and six and fifteen in amateur. Mm-hmm. He fought, yeah. He can speak that language as well. Yeah. So I think I think uh, you gotta be careful who you're calling out because yeah, <laughs> I know he he doesn't necessarily have a, a high level of competition um, as of yet for Javante Davis, but I think uh, you might be barking up the wrong tree. But and I, I think I think the only one advantage of Javante taking that fight is he doesn't um, risk getting out of shape and having to get in shape. He's already in shape, so he you can keep him training. You know, you get those pictures online when he look he's gone up to like 20, 30 pounds. Yeah. But what's great about this is that he can stay in training camp mode, you know, maybe take, you know, a week to kind of chill for a minute, but still stay in that training camp mode, which would be, which could make him even sharper, which can make him dangerous. Have you he's, seen young, him he's, young enough, he's young he's young enough to fight uh, mm-hmm. multiple fights like that. Have you seen him in training camp? No, Tank is in shape right now. Oh, he's in shape right he's now. But you know, you know, you know, you know, when the fight is over, he, he you know, he's out there, you know, uh, indulging. Yeah. Indulging, and so. But you know, but, he got a newborn baby too, so he, he know, he got that. You know. Well, well, brother, I'm gonna say this: make sure you're taking pictures, capture your own videos, send some stuff out to us. Let's capture more stuff. But enjoy uh, your experience out there, uh, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be following you. Uh, you know, we might even have to hit one up on Facebook Live real quick while you're in the stadium. We might do something, oh, but but uh, in the arena. But you know, enjoy your time out there, man. And we look. Uh, uh, to uh, look forward to the post-fight discussion. All right.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.